Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What is up, my friends? The Atlanta Braves have walked off the Los Angeles Dodgers in game one of the NLCS. What a game, by the way. An absolutely incredible game. A great start on the mound uh, from Max Fried. Gets it done, gets the Braves into a position where they can go to the bullpen late. They shut down the Dodgers lineup. Austin Riley is the most underrated player in all of Major League Baseball. I hear your other names. I do. I promise. This guy's an MVP caliber player. This guy's an absolute stud. And Austin Riley gets it done for the Atlanta Braves in the bottom of the ninth. What a game. Look, I, we don't need to look much further than what happened there in the ninth. For, for me, this ninth inning was a huge part of this game. You have Chris Taylor getting caught in between the bases. What are you doing there? I legitimately think Chris Taylor could have crawled to third base. He could have walked there. Instead, he puts the brakes on, he falls in the middle of the base path, and then he's tagged out, and then the Braves, of course, against one of the best relievers in baseball, Blake Trinan, walk it off in the bottom of the ninth. Absolutely incredible. Look, this Max Fried is a certified stud. He's a stud. Today was game one of the Dodgers and the Braves. Max Fried, you got him on the bump, who, look, look, this guy's a stud. His stuff is incredible. To me, to have him start in game one and to have the Dodgers having a bullpen game, this was a must-win game for the Atlanta Braves. It really was. If you, and, and you don't want to say it in game one of a series, but this was a game, if you're the Braves, you have to win. You're at home. You got a stud on the mound. The Dodgers couldn't go to Max Scherzer. It was originally thought, we're going to go with Scherzer in game one. But he threw in a high leverage situation the other night in game five against the Giants, and clearly he just wasn't ready to roll. Look, as, as much as we just throw starting pitchers out there in big situations, we, we sometimes forget that there is a recovery period. There's a, there's a reason that you take five days in between starts until you can go again. So Scherzer just wasn't ready to go yet today. Instead, he's going to go in game two. So you have a bullpen game. You have Corey Knable back out on the mound for game one. Of course, he throws the, uh, the wild pitch in the first inning, runs and run ends up scoring, but they end up settling down. Dave Roberts has managed this bullpen incredibly throughout the playoffs, and today was just another example of that. You end up getting to the ninth inning, you bring in a stud in Blake Trinan, and it just doesn't pay off. It just doesn't work out. But what a game. Game one of the series, the Atlanta Braves have walked it off, and Austin Riley gets it done. I am so excited for this series. Look. As much as we all, the, the Dodgers are big favorites in this series, but I feel like the second that Ronald Acuna went down for the Atlanta Braves, it became, yeah, this isn't, you know, they're not going to be able to compete. But this guy just, this, this team just gets it done with so many guys throughout this lineup. They bring in like five pieces to just make up for the one player in Ronald Acuna. You got Duvall, you got Soler, you got Rosario, the list, you got Peterson. All these guys are brought in just to make up for what Ronald Acuna does. 
and it's working. This team has battled and battled and battled to get here and they're in the NLCS against one of the best teams in all of baseball and Austin Riley, the unsung hero of the night. And for that reason, for all of those reasons, Austin Riley is absolutely my player of the game. A huge bomb, huge mammoth bomb early in the game to tie it, which they desperately needed because look, Will Smith hits that home run early. And then it looks like, okay, this is the Dodgers. Here they go. They're starting to figure out Max Freed. And then there it is. Austin Riley gets it done to end the game. The big homer. And then there's the ball down the line scoring Albies, who just stole to get into position, by the way. This was such a well-played game on all sides. That base running blunder by Chris Taylor is so unlike the Dodgers. It's more like the Braves, who Adam Duvall did it multiple times this series before, but not this series. Not this time. Chris Taylor and the Dodgers make the error. The Braves walk it off in that bottom of the ninth for an exciting finish to that game and a great start to this series. So now we look at tomorrow. Ian Anderson on the mound against Max Scherzer. Now they get their guy on the mound. Now Max Scherzer gets to take the ball. But Ian Anderson's no slouch himself. I'm excited for this series. I think people wrote off the Braves, uh, but this is going to be fun. This is going to be really fun. Um, and, and as I continue to say, if you can win that second game, you're in, a good, you're in good shape going home. And, and that's what the Dodgers have a chance to do tomorrow. With their stud on the mound, they can win that second game heading home. Uh, and, and, and I'm excited for that. I'm excited for that game tomorrow. Look, Ian Anderson is another name. This, this team just has guys that fly under the radar continually. Austin Riley, for one. Ozzie Albies, by the way, is a stud. We all know Freddie Freeman. But... Ian Anderson is one of those guys. This rotation continues to get it done. And Ian Anderson's going to be on the mound, and he's going to give you a great start. He's such a young, young guy. That's the thing with this rotation. That's kind of the story of this series and this look ahead, is that you have one rotation that's super, super young, but really talented. And then on the other hand, you have a rotation full of Max Scherzers. And, you know, these guys are young and Walker Bueller and Julio Urias, but... They're, they have that playoff, you know, they, they have that experience. They have that World Series experience. They know how to get there. Julio was the only pitcher in baseball this year to get to 20 wins. So this Braves rotation isn't super well known, but they should be. And we're going we're gonna to find out now. You know, they've gone all year pitching good baseball, but we get to find out now. Now they're on the biggest stage in the world against the Los Angeles Dodgers. Now we get to see them on this stage. We get to see Max Fried do what he does. We get to see Max Fried be an absolute stud of an athlete and bounce off the mound with the speed demon Albert Pujols at the plate and beat him over there. And obviously, that's kind of jokingly. Albert Pujols is, is slower than molasses, but still a good hitter against lefties, and Max Fried is a lefty. But there was kind of this, this in-between uh, in play, and Max Fried Saves, saves it, honestly. Jumps off the mound, makes a great play, races over and beats Pujols to the bag. What a game. What a great game this was, back and forth. I, I, I'm so excited for the rest of this series. Let's go ahead and look at some of the fan questions we have from this game. I know we tweeted out asking you guys to send in some questions so you could be a part of this live show. So let's take a look now at some of those questions. This one comes from Pamela. Ben and Flippin' Bats Pod, the Dodgers offense doesn't seem to be firing on all cylinders. Why do you think that is? Yeah, that's a good question. Look, this team is known for, 
you, you look on paper, and this offense is incredible. But one thing that I think, and we've been talking about this a lot, but one big factor, and I think we can't stress it enough, is Max Muncy being out. I think Max Muncy being out is, is a huge blow to this team. Obviously, they're still full of a bunch of studs. But Max Muncy not being in that lineup, he's different than everybody else in this lineup. Max Muncy is an on-base guy that drives the ball out of the yard, too. Like, he's such a complete bat. So you stick him at first base, and instead of having, a, like, this eight or nine spot in the lineup, or, or seven or eight spot in the lineup that's a little weaker, you have Max Muncy in the four hole, which allows you to put Will Smith, who's playing like the best Dodger right now, by the way. Will Smith is, is incredible. People have said, why is he in the four hole? Because he can't get out. But if you have Max Muncy in that four hole, then you can afford to push Will Smith down to five or six. So Max Muncy right now is out with that arm injury that we saw uh, early on or, or right at the end of the season. And who knows when he's going to come back. He's not on the roster for this series. This is a, such a huge blow for this team. He's a guy that hits lefties well. He's a guy that rakes against righties. This is a guy that does it all. So, you know, you, this team has a, a, a bunch of strengths in their lineup. But to be able to have a guy like Max Muncy in the middle of that lineup that doesn't have a weakness, God, we're really seeing... Uh, where that is detrimental to this team. And when you ask the question, why aren't they firing on all cylinders? Can they again? Look, this team is talented enough to do so. But look, it's going to be a struggle without Muncie. It really is. This team is going to struggle without Max Muncie right there in that four hole. And, and, and that's going to be a problem for them. So look for the, you, you need these guys to step up. And nobody really did tonight. You need a guy like Chris Taylor to step up, a guy like Cody to come off the bench, Bellinger to come off the bench and step up, and, and they didn't. Mookie really needs to step up. Some guys need to, to pick up from where Max Muncy's uh, talent is, and they all need to pick up him being out of the lineup because this is killing that team. It really is. This is killing that team. So let's move on to another question. Let's see what we got. This one comes from Wynn, Ben and Flippin' Bats. Figured why Peterson wears pearls, please. Or <laughs> figure why Peterson wears pearls, please. Thanks. I can tell you exactly why Jock Peterson wears pearls. And look, I've heard him talk about it in interviews, and he said he got them and they're real, they're real pearls. Here's why he wears them. I can promise you this. He wears them because he started doing well when he started wearing them. I can't tell you how many times over the course of my career over the course of being in a locker room. Guys start struggling, they don't know why, they do something out of the norm, and next thing you know, you, you're doing it for the rest of the year. So Jock Peterson is literally wearing a pearl necklace and tearing it up in October. Jocktober, baby, that's why he's wearing those pearls, because of that. Look, I've seen some of the craziest, some of the craziest things. When guys are struggling at the plate, or they want to do better, they will not stop at anything. And once you do it, if it's successful, you continue to do it. Look, baseball players are a creature of habit. They really are. And, and I know some of these stories that are more PG-13 or R that I'm not going to share what players have done, but even down to um, you know, what, they eat, what they eat that day. If I went four for four at the plate and I ate uh, you know, whatever it may be, if I ate Chipotle before the game, for the rest of the year, there's a good chance I'm eating Chipotle. That is why Jock Peterson continues to wear these pearls, because he rakes 
when he does it. And it just adds to the allure of, of Jocktober. Of course he wears pearls. He's dyed his hair, he's hitting bombs, and he's wearing a pearl necklace. Because of course Jock Peterson is wearing a pearl necklace as he takes down the Dodgers in game one. All right, next question. Let's see what we got. This one comes from Mara. Ben and Flippin' Bats Pod, do you agree with starting Knable? Um, this is a good question. Okay, so let's, let's run through this. Corey Knable started game five against the Giants. It went well. He got out of the inning. The game went well. Let's do it again. Um, so I was a little surprised to see it today. Look, we all know Max Scherzer was going to start this game. Clearly, he woke up today or late in the day yesterday said, I'm just, I'm probably not going to be ready yet. Let's go with game two. Um, and then you look at, uh, you know, another starter in the rotation. And look, Julio Urias, he, he just pitched. He just pitched in game five. He came in after Knable, so he's not going to be the one that starts game one. So then what else do you have? Walker Bueller who also threw late in that series, maybe, I, I, doubtful he could have gone, but his home and road splits are crazy. Crazy. Walker Bueller, friend of Flippin' Bats Pod, by the way, so check out his episode if you're a Walker Bueller fan. His home and road splits are crazy, so you want him in game three. You want to have him start in game three. So your goal in these two road games is to split, is to split one of them. Can it be this first bullpen game? Turns out, no. Can it be the game we start Max Scherzer? We will see tomorrow. But then if you do win that, then you get to start Walker Bueller at home where you know he shines. So look, I think he started Knable because it worked in game five. They knew they needed to rely on the bullpen in this game. So let's just do the same thing again. We'll do the exact same thing. We'll start Corey Knable. We'll bring somebody in out of the bullpen. Then we'll go to an innings eater kind of guy like they did Tony Gonsolin tonight, Julio Urias the other night, and then we'll just figure it out at the end of the game. And they did. Look, the problem with this game tonight wasn't the pitching of the Dodgers. It was the hitting. They scored two runs. They didn't get it done. They had a runner in scoring position multiple times, and they didn't get it done. So the story of this game is about the offense not getting it done, not Corey Knable starting this game. Uh, the pitching did a good job. Kudos to Dave Roberts and how he handled this pitching staff today. Let's hear the next question. This one comes from Marcus. I think the Dodgers will miss Kershaw in the rotation. Braves in seven. They're definitely missing Kershaw in this rotation, Marcus. Absolutely. Um, and, and you saw it on a game like tonight. This is Kershaw's game. This is his game. You don't have a bullpen game. You don't have to have a bullpen game um, and, because you have another starter in that rotation. So you look at this team, they have, they have Scherzer, they have Bueller, and they have Urias. Who else do you have? You have a bullpen game. Unless you're bringing somebody back on early, early rest, you have a bullpen game. If they had Clayton Kershaw, this is his game. I agree with you. I totally agree with you. They are really missing Clayton Kershaw. And, and, uh, and we've seen it throughout the postseason, and we're seeing it now because this was his game. I totally agree with that. I don't know if I agree with Braves in seven. Um, we'll see. This, this series is – I agree with you in seven games. This series is going to be great. We saw that tonight. Close game. Um, down to the wire, walk off in the ninth. I agree with you. I think this series goes the distance. Next question. Let's see what we got. This one comes from Cody Bellinger is back. 
What other purpose does the third base coach do if he isn't telling Taylor to run or stay at second? You tell me. He can see the play perfectly. How is that on Taylor? Whatever you think he is uh, a bench player when he leaves the Dodgers, he'll be starting wherever he goes. Chris Taylor's a stud. Chris Taylor is an absolute stud. He just made a mistake tonight. And so here's the rule when, when it gets to professional baseball on, on base running. If the play is in front of you, okay? So if I'm running from first base, if I'm running from first base and this camera is second base, any ball that is hit to center field or left field, it's on me. I'm not looking at the third base coach a single time. It is on me to make my own decision on whether to go or stay. But any ball hit to right field, it is on the third base coach. So you're right. What is the third base coach doing here? I haven't seen the replay to see if he was calling him over and then he held him up or if Chris Taylor was going on his own because that's the problem you get caught up in when a ball is hit to right field as you start looking that way. And then it slows you down and then you don't see what the third base coach is telling you. So I would have to see a replay, but you're absolutely right. What is the third base coach doing there? Because this is unacceptable. It's either a really, really bad error on Chris Taylor's uh, behalf, or it's a really, really bad blunder on behalf of the third base coach. One, one of those is true. You cannot make that mistake in this big of a game that, you know, I, I don't think it's a far-fetched to say a, a decision that could have cost them game one. Who knows if that next batter is going to get a hit. Now the Braves take game one. Tomorrow is game two. Let's see if the Dodgers can win that big game two with their stud on the mound because, like I said, all you can ask for is a split on the road. Which leads me directly into the game that took place earlier today between the Houston Astros and the uh, Boston Red Sox. What a game. From start to finish, I thought this game was, I thought this game was over in the second inning, by the way. Um, the Red Sox end up holding on. They win fairly big. We, we kind of knew it from the start that the Red Sox were going to take this game. They split the series. They get that big series split on the road, and now you go back to Fenway, where who knows what can happen. What happened to the Rays? They go to Fenway after a split, and they don't end up going back home. The Red Sox win both games there, and that series is over. So now they do the same thing. They come out and make a statement in game two. Just like I talked about right here. I sat right here and said this was a statement game. This was a statement game, game two against the Rays. And it ended up being right. They go on to win the series. This was also a statement game, but I feel a little different about this one. I really do. I think... So you have J.D. Martinez comes out in the very first inning. For the second straight game, the Red Sox get the bases loaded in the first inning. In the first game, they couldn't come through. In the second game, J.D. Martinez does best-case scenario, grand slam, 1-0 count with two outs, grand slam to right field, immediately, boom, 4-0 ball game. Okay, everybody's thinking, okay, this Houston offense is incredible, but Nadia Valdi's on the mound. What's going to happen? I don't know. Can they score enough runs? I'm sure they can. Then inning number two comes right back. Another grand slam. 
back-to-back innings with a grand slam, the first team to hit two grand slams in the same game in postseason history, and they do it in back-to-back innings. This one is Rafael Devers. So then you start thinking, what do you do now? If they keep tacking on, do you stick with the Evaldi? In my opinion, of course you do, unless it starts getting into double digits. But of course, at 8 nothing, you stick with it because it's Houston, it's Minute Maid Park, ball flies, this offense is great. So they're up 8 nothing. They end up with a Kike Hernandez homer, like we see right there, to make it 9 nothing. Kike Hernandez is the best player on the planet right now. That is not an exaggeration. There is no better baseball player on the planet right now than Kike Hernandez. There's just not. When you're hot, you're hot. And he's hot. So that makes it 9 nothing. But here's where it changed. And here's where I think the Astros may have saved this series. They get Nadia Valdi. They, they score a few runs. Kyle Tucker drives in a run, also a friend of the podcast. They start scoring runs. They put up three. Then right there, you have a 9-3 ball game. Next thing you know, you're saying, okay, hold up. We have a game. What that forces um, Alex Cora to do is manage. Manage this game. Instead of just throwing out anybody, he has to manage. And manage he can, man. Alex Cora is incredible at managing. Um, and that, and that's, what he, that's what the Astros force him to do. But Alex Cora, I, you know, what he has done with this bullpen is incredible. And what he continues to do in the playoffs is incredible. Listen to this. The Red Sox average 6.1 runs per game in the postseason under Alex Cora. That is the highest team average for any manager in MLB history. In MLB history. That's incredible in itself. So you might be saying, okay, well, yeah, the offense scores a lot of runs under him. He's not, you know, that's not directly his, you know, his thing. Look, the manager has a lot more say in this game than you think. A manager has a big say in getting their team ready, getting their lineup ready. But what Alex Cora does on the other side, on the pitching side of things, is even more remarkable to me. This bullpen is not their strong suit, and he continues to do an incredible job with it. The Red Sox are 16-5 in the postseason under Alex Cora, the only other manager to begin a career 16-5 or better through their first 21 postseason games is Hall of Famer Earl Weaver with the 69 and seven, uh, this 1969 through 1971 Orioles. And they were also 16 and five. Look, Alex Cora is playing a huge part in this series and continues to. And don't you for one second think that he doesn't know this Houston Astros team inside and out. Alex Cora knows this Astros team better than anybody. He knows this team better than Dusty Baker knows this team. He was in that clubhouse. He was in the batting cages with the guys every day for years. And we see it whenever he manages against the old team. Whenever he manages against them, he just knows the buttons to push at the right time. But what he had to do today was he had to push those buttons. The Astros forced him into bringing out his relievers, his studs. They forced them into bringing out guys like Whitlock, guys that you need to win games if you're the Astros. So I know they end up losing this game. I know they go down 1-1, or, or even up the series 1-1 as they go to Fenway. But now they're seeing their guys out of the bullpen. This game for me was huge 
for the Astros. This could have been a blowout, and, and Alex Cora could have gone to his worst pitcher in the pen, which is probably Sawamura again at this point. What a blow up in game one, which we'll get to in a second. But the, the Astros offense got them back in this, and, and getting to that bullpen could pay big dividends down the stretch. But look, when I said a minute ago that Kike Hernandez is the best player on the planet right now, I, I mean that. He's the best player on the planet right now. He ties the Red Sox postseason record with five home runs in a single postseason. And if you're keeping track at home, we're not even halfway through the second round of the playoffs, which is mind-blowing. So he's already tied Big Poppy. I don't even know if it's Big Poppy. I can't confirm, but, you know, he's a postseason legend. It probably is him. Um, it, it is him. Big Poppy's done it twice, by the way. Friend of the pod. Just had him on, 15-minute episode. Take a few seconds to listen to that. So he ties Big Poppy not even halfway through the playoffs yet. He's incredible. Single, here, listen to this stat from Kike Hernandez. Singling and homering so far in game two, Kike Hernandez has tied Todd Walker in 2003 and David Ortiz, 2004 and 13, for the most home runs by a Red Sox player in a postseason year. He also leads for any five-game postseason span when it comes to hits, total bases, and extra base hits. This guy's locked in. The Astros need to start treating Kike Hernandez like Barry Bonds. And I know that sounds funny. I know that may sound a little much. It's not. It's not. Because when a player's hot, the sky's the limit, especially somebody that's as talented as Kike Hernandez. You know who wasn't as talented as Kike Hernandez? Me. But when I got hot at the plate, the sky's truly the limit. One of my last years playing, I remember it like it was yesterday, the last month of the year. I got hot. I end up moving up in the lineup to the one hole because my manager's like, there's nothing you can do wrong. The ball starts looking like a beach ball. I end up winning player of the month in the league. And, and this, is, this is what happens when you get hot. And he's 10 times more talented than I am. He's doing it on the biggest stage in the world. The ball looks like a beach ball. Look at this. Trey Wingo tweeted, size of the baseball to Red Sox hitters right now. Mostly Kike Hernandez. It's incredible. Um, so the Red Sox take game two today in grand fashion. <laughs> See what I did there? Grand fashion twice. Uh, two Grand Slams, the most of any postseason game in history. Uh, my player of the game from this game might catch you off guard a little bit. Rafael Devers is my player of the game with a big Grand Slam in the second inning. So here's why I picked Devers. One, obviously big Grand Slam in the first inning. Gets the game started with a bang uh, from J.D. Martinez. But this one from Rafi Devers in the second inning... The second he hit that homer, it feels like game over. And it was game over. They get to eight runs. The Astros never get to eight runs. So obviously, that moment was the game changer. Um, but here's why he's my player of the game. Rafael Devers is struggling at the plate. And I don't mean uh, with, with output-wise. I don't mean statistically. I mean he's struggling with his forearm injury. And it's clear as day. When he swings and misses, my arm starts hurting for him. You can tell he's hurting so much. Um, it's a big deal, whatever he's going through. He's clearly in a lot of pain, but he's getting it done. Teams are pounding him up and in, up and away, up high with fastballs because he's swinging through it, and it's so painful. 
So he comes up in that situation in the game, and it's like, okay, if, if we can pitch around him, if we can get him out with his injury, just throw him high heaters, we'll be fine. But they don't. But they don't. Rafael Devers is the fourth player to drive in 20-plus runs in the postseason before turning 25. That grand slam was a big part of it. The others with 20-plus RBIs, Carlos Correa with 24, Albert Pujols with 21, and Andrew Jones with 20. Pretty good postseason company and not a lot of company. Just a few guys that are postseason legends. Correa, Pujols, and one of my favorite players growing up, Andrew Jones. So this was a statement game. This was a big one. Rafi Devers comes up big with his injury. That's why he continues to stay in the lineup. Even, I'm, even I was like, is this going to get to the point where you got to take out Devers? He doesn't look good. He's swinging through balls. And then next thing you know, he's hitting grand slams and ending the ball game. He ends up walking later in the game. He scores again. So two runs, a grand slam, four RBIs, a great day at the plate for a Rafael Devers that looks like he's about 50%. 1-1 series heading to Fenway, but I want to talk about game one as well. Before we, uh, you know, before we move anywhere else, we got to talk about game one from yesterday. The reason it's now 1-1 series. Jose Altuve, Carlos Correa. Those are the reasons we need to talk about. That's what you need to know. These two players are some of the best players in postseason history. In history of the postseason. What a game. A narrow victory. We've had two opposite games, but that first one was huge. The Astros pull it out. Carlos Correa's sick home run. Hits it, stands there, tosses the bat, points at his watch, says this is my time. I got fired up just watching it. It was sick. Altuve ties up the game. The broadcast, by the way, right before this happened, was talking about Altuve's hot zone. They spent like two minutes talking about his hot zone. They show a strike zone. They say... Yeah, you see, he does a lot of damage in this area, not so much in this area. And then the first pitch is a slider floating up there in that exact red area. Whack! Tie ball game when it looked like the Red Sox could win that game. Ties it up. Correa with the monster sick home run later to take the lead. Astros end up winning that game. Kike hit another homer in that game, by the way. Seriously, the second you start thinking about it, it's incredible. He hits another homer in that game. But it's not enough. Astros win game one. And then game two, which we just talked about. Absolutely incredible game. 1-1 series heading to, Houston, uh, heading to Fenway. So let's answer some fan questions that we got leading into this show. This first one comes from Steph at Ben Verlander. Will Kike continue his hot bat throughout the series? Um, thank you for the question, Steph. Short answer, yes. Um, as long as the Astros continue to pitch to him. The worst thing that could happen to Kike Hernandez right now is, is a, a rainout. Time off. This guy doesn't want a day off. This guy doesn't want tomorrow's day off. He wants to get back at the plate. When you're hot, you just want to keep going. There's nothing that can stop you. And there is nothing that can stop Kike Hernandez at the plate right now besides the Astros going for it. Put him on base. Besides the Astros intentionally walking him. There's nothing that can stop this guy. You can't pitch to him. So I do not think he slows down. I think his hot bat continues through this series as long as the Houston Astros allow it to. So thank you for the question. Let's see what we got next. Uh, this one comes from Rec. Sure. But can the Red Sox score without a homer? 
They seem vulnerable here. I disagree. I disagree with that. I, I don't think, look, Fenway or, or Houston is, is a small stadium. If you get a ball at all to left, it's going to go out. Um, I, I think this offense is just showing that, hey, everybody wants to talk about this Houston Astros offense. Talk about us. Talk about how good our team is. I think that, that's what they're showing to me. This Astros offense is incredible, the best in baseball all year. But this Red Sox offense is why they're here. I don't think they rely on the long ball. I think they're hitting a lot of long balls. Absolutely they are. And it turns out in this series so far, most of their runs have come via the long ball. But you look at the series they just played against the, uh, the Rays. That wasn't the case. It might have actually been the case if the green monster wasn't so tall. Because a lot of those balls ended up getting banged off the side of the wall. I think there's a few holes in the wall. So a lot of those were, would have been um, home runs elsewhere. So look, can, can they be okay? Are, are they, do they rely on the long ball? Who cares if they keep hitting them? <laughs> That's my thing here. Can they score without the homer? I don't know. But they can score with the homer. And they've been doing a lot of that. And the homer was a big reason they won game two. The big reason they won the earlier game today. Two grand slams in the game, the first time in history. I don't know, that tells me right there, that's eight runs on a homer. If you score eight runs on two homers, you're gonna be pretty okay throughout the postseason. Uh, and they're sitting pretty. They're sitting pretty heading into Fenway. It's now a one-to-one -one series. I've been preaching all postseason. If you're the lower seed, just win one game on the road. Then you go home, all the momentum turns. The Red Sox found a way to do it. The Dodgers will try and find a way to do it tomorrow with their horse on the mound and Max Scherzer. I'm excited to watch that game. I'm excited to watch the rest of the series. That's going to do it for today's show. I appreciate you all so much for joining me. What a fun live episode. What a great day of baseball. The Astros try and bounce back. They make it a baseball game. And then Austin Riley walks it off. The most underrated player in all of baseball. Don't sleep on these Braves. They can win this series. Thank you all so much for joining me for this live episode. Uh, make sure you're all checking out Flippin' Bats, my podcast. Uh, you guys have heard a bunch of the players I said that have come on. A lot of all-stars this year. David Ortiz and A-Rod just joined me. So Flippin' Bats with Ben Verlander. Check it out, and I will see you all next time. Peace.